for most business purposes, essentially, you know, if you can make the machine make decisions that are worth something to you, we call it AI. Welcome to Avanaut's podcast series. Thank you for stopping by. My name is Mats Lundell Nielten. I'm working as a full stack developer and consultant for Avanaut. Today we have Jakob Leander here to give you an introduction to a journey to business results with modern data and AI. It is truly interesting to learn more about how to form the complex ecosystem needed for an effective data solution. And Jacob, can you please introduce yourself? So uh, my name is uh, Jacob Leander. I'm what we call in Avanade a market unit lead in Denmark for, for data and AI. And that's mean my, my focus is on uh, selling and defining uh, what we do in, in data and AI. So um, I, I think it's a very interesting topic. So I'm super happy to be here and talking about it. Um, I've been working with, with various kinds of customer analytics for quite a lot of years now. Uh, both in e-commerce solution and in more traditional BI solution. And, uh, and historically, a lot of our focus has been on analyzing and understanding um, yeah, what we've done and what happened in the past, essentially. So, so look at data, figuring out what happened, and then we gave the data to humans uh, so they could try to figure out what to do in the future. And we still see this as a, as a very relevant exercise, so, so that will continue to happen. Um, but but now in the later data, we have actually been given the opportunity to to take some of this historical data and also uh, predict what will happen in the future, and even letting the machines make some of the decision for us. Uh, so this is a new thing we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it's a super interesting topic, and uh, it looks like we have the right person to talk to. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But let's start off with introducing the team and the most important subjects regarding this modern data and AI. Do you have a definition of both of those? Yeah, so I think the the, the main team today that I'm going to talk about is uh, is a journey, I call it, to achieving business results with modern data and AI. Uh, and the reason why I call it a journey is that, uh, as mentioned, many many have uh, used to working with, with traditional BI and, uh, and see this new thing as something exciting, but it's not uh, somewhere where you will get overnight. Uh, so we see it as a journey. So, so again, the topic of this is a journey to business results with modern data and AI. And, uh, and talking a little bit about what is modern data and AI is probably a good idea to, to get some context into what we're talking about here. So um, traditional business intelligence that most people know well has been around for many years. Um, it's essentially about taking structured data from various operational systems. So it could be your ERP systems or your commerce systems, et cetera, and doing reporting on top of it. And historically, it has mainly been about essentially adding up numbers, aggregating stuff across a number of dimensions. And this could be, for example, counting how much sales did you do last month, doing financial reporting, et cetera. So with this new modern data and AI, we've been giving an opportunity to do things differently. Uh, one of the needs we see is that there's uh, certainly vast amount of data from the internet available, uh, both structured and unstructuredly, and that could be both uh, internal data that uh, is being produced by various logs or, or sources or voice calls. Uh, it could also be from uh, publicly available data sets uh, like image data sets or weather or, or other things. One of the other opportunities we've been giving is that we have a lot of cloud 
compute and fast GPUs available to analyze data. We didn't have that uh, 10 years ago, so, so we are suddenly seeing that is becoming available. And then the last thing is that in, in 2012, there was some pretty significant academic breakthroughs that shown a, a new way of doing AI uh, using essentially what is called neural networks, uh, which is a way to emulate the way uh, humans think. Um, and uh, and the, the new wave is essentially that depth in these networks matter a lot. I'm not going to into details about what that means because that's a topic on its own, but just saying, you know, in 2012, something really uh, major happened. Um, and, and, and what happened suddenly from 2012 and going forward, that meant that a lot of things that people would have sworn uh, machines would never been able to do, they could suddenly do in a very short time span, uh, sometimes even better than humans. And that could be, for example, on, uh, on image recognition, speech tech recognition, etc. Uh, it could be generating images and videos of, of humans and uh, playing strategic games like uh, most famously probably the Asian game Go. Uh, which is a very strategic game, much more advanced than chess. A few years ago, in, most people would have argued humans would be the only one that could play that game because it has a strategic nature. No machine would ever be able to play it. And then suddenly the machines actually won uh, and are now by far, you know, can beat any human. Uh, autonomous cars is also a good example. I mean, 10 years ago, most people would say it would never happen. And now I think we, we recognize we are pretty close and at least can drive semi-autonomously. So essentially, uh, these are just some examples of what had happened in a very short time frame. And then, you know, how do we actually define this modern data and AI? And there's, a, there's an interesting concept that essentially says AI is whatever we can never do yet. Um, and uh, and it's, a pretty, it's a pretty fun thing because... You know, whenever we read something that we didn't think we could do with AI, people will kind of explain it away saying, ah, but that's not real intelligence. You know, that's just crunching numbers or doing whatever, making essentially the definition a moving target. Um, but I think for, for, this, for the sake of uh, most business-related purposes, there, there has been kind of like an, um, a trend towards a definition that makes sense. And that is that if we can use advanced analytics and machine learning uh, to read events that's happening in the real life, uh, supporting and automating decisions, and then making machines acting rationally, somehow producing value. We like to call that AI. So it's not it's not about you know creating machines that emulate humans anymore. I mean, there's a lot of researchers still working on that, but for most business purposes, essentially, you know, if you can make the machine make decisions that are worth something to you we call it ai yeah so there's a pretty huge uh, definition there's a, a lot of uh, vast new technologies that could, a customer can use or a business can use yeah but it didn't I, really jump into it with any goals do you have any definitions or thoughts around uh, what the business results could be yeah i i do and i think that um, one of the reasons i like this you know slightly vague definition is saying it doesn't really matter uh, for business purposes what whether we call the one thing or the other ai because i think the whole goal of all this is that can we use all these new techniques to generate some results for the business then that is a good thing and for a business it doesn't really matter whether we call it ai or analytics or or, or what we call it um, so so i think you know from from my definition when we talk about business results with analytics and ai a business result is essentially about creating something that that is actually valuable to the business uh, either on a strategic level or a traditional positive business case um, and if we can do that, then I think we're doing some some good things. Uh, so so that is essentially the goal. 
so so you can say to sum it up it is it's, it's taking some of these new techniques and and uh, technologies being available and figuring out if we can generate some uh, results that we couldn't do in the past i think if we can do that then we've done a good thing um if we see some of the 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 top problems when when i talk to companies um and and we're seeing them all over the place not just in denmark but in other countries as well it is that there's a lot of focusing on proof of concept and there has been for quite a while um it's, and essentially it seems that that it's a very exciting technology uh, and people they really like trying to build their own ai model from scratch and and sometimes they get a little bit lost you know essentially more focusing on the model itself on whether it's actually needed for something and and sometimes uh, we see people spending a lot of time building something that you could just buy out of the box from cloud providers for example for image recognition so again i think that is one of the the big thing the the, the focus should be on what you actually need it for and not only on how you do it the other issue we see is that uh, things don't get into production uh, the pucs or proof of concepts they tend to be good and interesting and and often very valuable but if you don't put them into production you never really enable this full uh, loop where you get the learning back and and learn what to improve uh, and you end up just doing a string of proof of concepts one after the other So um if if we look at what what should you really do uh, I I chosen to highlight two things so how how to get these uh, results with with analytics and AI and there's an organizational part and there's a smaller technical part which is also important but uh, if we take the organizational part it is essentially about that that when you do project like this you have to tie to some sort of strategic themes uh, a value stream a desired capability or something um Agile approaches that we use for software development they work really well they're very focused on delivering an outcome uh, but but in short you need essentially to find someone in the business that actually want what you're doing instead of just you know trying to create something and then finding someone that wants it afterwards and we do really believe that PCs are a great thing to do I really like doing proof of concepts but again um we see that that using the concept of what is called a mvp minimal viable product or even minimal lovable product sometimes is that it has better uh, it tends to drive better results because you're focusing on delivering a product that someone wants than just proving a concept um and the reason why mvp is a good mindset is that you try to make the smallest product that has value to someone and you take it all the way into production and you enable this feedback loop where you learn uh, did it work or did it not work and and get the feedback and then you can take that product and you can build on it or you can change it or you can throw it away if it didn't work but at least you actually got some actual uh, business results in you could measure on so i think that's the the one thing when when you're looking at your teams and your organization make sure you use the right approach The other thing is that when you're creating a team for this um so that's the other thing you need to worry about is that it is actually a multi-skilled discipline um so when you're creating a good team to deliver data and AI uh, you typically need a business analyst which is someone that knows what the business wants it could also be a product owner someone but someone that has a good grasp of what you need Then you need a data scientist. Uh, that is the person creating the models or deciding what to do with all this data and figuring out uh, what what should the model be for making the automated decision. Uh, but you also need what is called a data engineer, 
And the data engineer is kind of like the technical plumber that will take all these things and put them into production in cloud in a, in a mature production-ready setting that can be used by other applications or e-commerce solutions or whatever. Um, and all these three together, they are, they are really important to making it, it, it a success. If you only have some of the roles, it typically ends up being a proof of concept where you either are proof of concepting on your data or your proof of concept on, on your on your technical platforms, um, and if you yeah, and, and and either way, it will not actually end up being a product. It will just be a proof of concept. So all three roles: uh, the business analyst, the data scientist, and the data engineering person together. That that's what you need to do the good results. So if you're already there in the situation where you've created a proof of concept, but you're not able to get anything more out of it and you feel like kind of stuck, do you have any, any tips to those people? It's it's uh, sometimes, you know, you can salvage it, but but often actually the proof of concept, uh, because you're only proofing part of the concept, you have the challenge that you cut corners in other areas. And that means, you know, maybe you created a, a really good uh, pipeline. In, if, if you take a data scientist, they created a really good pipeline for creating a model. Uh, which is essentially called training of the model, but they don't haven't necessarily thought about how to deploy that model into production so it can be used uh, in real time 5,000 times an hour or something like that, which is called the scoring part. And, and, and again, uh, uh, the reason why it's so important to do all things at once is that, is that the way you build your model for a proof of concept is not necessarily the way you would have built it if you were going to use it in production afterwards because you, you have to kind of like think of the end thing. So, so again, I think proof of concepts are great, but often when you do uh, minimal viable products, MVPs, you go in with a slightly different mindset and, and sometimes the things you construct are not the same. Um, so essentially, I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that it's not always you can actually take a POC and move it into production. We, we see many that have struggled with that. So it's a, it's a much better project if you know you're going to put it into production when you start than trying to retrofit it afterwards. Yeah, there's a lot of huge uh, challenges utilizing data in the most efficient way. We also had an episode with Ida Bergim here talking about how, how great the challenges may be and how important it is to have uh, experts and the right people there from the start. Yeah, definitely. So it and, and that that's also I think you know I I, I tried to mention that before. It's it's a bit of a shame sometimes because especially data and and maybe especially even AI is an area that is really, really interesting and very cool to work with. So people sometimes have this tendency to try to build everything by themselves. And and it's entirely possible, you know, to train machine learning models to recognize images or objects or text, and you can do all sorts of very cool things. It's just that, you know, you also need to recognize that if, if your goal is to deliver the business result and you can actually buy a model that works out of the box, which most cloud providers provide for standard things. Why, why not use that instead of building your own? Uh, it, it will you know, cut down time of your minimum viable product. It will make things easier. You don't have to test it, et cetera. So this, this, is, a, this is a common challenge and is that you, you really have to be good at you know, when, when, sh- when do you have to build stuff by yourself and when can you buy out of the box what is called cognitive services from the cloud providers? And, and the best solutions we do are often a combination. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you use cognitive services when they work, and when they don't, you build your own. That's really good tips. Yeah, I, I said the technical part as well. So so let me cover. I, I have a small uh, add on the technical thing. I think that that um, mm-hmm. besides the organization and the team, um, for the technical part, I think the the a good idea is that 
you kind of have to adopt what we call a cloud-native mindset. And the cloud-native mindset is that many of the big cloud providers, they are producing um, not just you know technology, but they're actually producing a new way of doing things. And if you take this cloud-native mindset and really try to figure out what is it that the cloud recommend providers are recommending you to do, you're not only buying into the technology they provide, but also the innovation they put in behind it. And, and especially for analytics and AI is an area where you can very often come create your solution using these uh, cloud Lego blocks in, in form of platform as a service components and essentially construct a solution uh, by combining standard components that are managed. Uh, in our case with Avanat, we mainly use Azure from Microsoft. And there's a number of components that you can combine into creating complete solutions. Um, so, so that's something we, we believe in. Instead of you can, of course, install everything yourself if you want, but why do that if, if something actually works out of the box? The other thing we believe, and, and this is also a slightly new thing, I think, for many, is that you need to treat analytics and AI as software development projects. Uh, for a while, it has been kind of like this experimental state where people are sitting doing everything in their own machines and, and uh, hand deploying stuff to production. We believe that that analytics and AI, it needs uh, good practices from software development, like DevOps, uh, infrastructure as code, um, to and, and and you know use version control for everything to be just as mature as normal software development projects. So that's a really big recommendation. You know, don't don't treat it as experimental stuff. Treat it as something that is actually you know production quality. Mm-hmm. The on another thing on the technical level is that that you should only really install what you need and what you needed. Another common technical issue is that. People have this mindset of trying to do, you know, platform first. Let, let's figure out what platform we need. And then we talk to the business afterwards and figure out what we're going to use it for. That tends not to work very well because there are simply so many technologies to choose between. It's really hard to pick if you haven't made up your mind about what, what you're going to use it for. And you can end up, you know, spending months and months uh, discussing between architects and developers whether one paradigm is better than the other. Uh, so we are pretty strong believers in, in you know, focus on the outcome, uh, pick whatever works good enough, and, and you can always change it um, at least up until a certain point without too much effort. Um, <clears throat> so, so lastly, I would say if we, if we look at the technical things, um, and that also ties a little bit into the start, uh, it's important not to get getting hung up on terminology, whether you know something is AI or machine learning or analytics, we actually believe uh, that 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 the concepts we see today in analytic and AI and even Internet of Things will converge in the next years and, and everything will just become analytics somehow. And essentially because it's all about data and making decisions with it. And uh, the reason why I mentioned IoT is that we're going to see uh, even more data sources than we're used to from various devices. And, and the whole thing will melt together. So, so you know, that would be my final technical advice. Essentially, you know, don't don't get hung up on, on terminology whether one thing is, is is this or the other because it will likely converge anyway. To also conclude this episode, do you have any key takeaways at the end here for the listeners to stay with after listening to this episode? So the main takeaways, uh, that is essentially the three common mistakes that I hope you will avoid by listening to this is that um, you need to make sure that you are focusing on business results when you create something and not just doing things for the purpose of doing them. Uh, you shouldn't use a too narrow team. You need a business analyst, data scientist, and data engineers in your team. 
And you shouldn't try to do platform first without really knowing what to do with it. You, you, you kind of have to have a real problem to solve and then only spin up the right technology uh, for your purpose and then add from there. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And also to comment on the cloud aspect, we also had several episodes now uh, regarding how cloud is set up, in her, especially here in Norway, but also multi-cloud strategies and really showcasing how complex all this is and uh, what you need to have there as a fundamental ecosystem around everything we're talking about to get a proper business value out of, out of it. That's really important. Yeah, definitely. So this was great, Jakob. Thank you very much for uh, joining us here in the studio today. Be sure to not miss any new episode. Find our podcast series at avanda.com or subscribe on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That's it for now. Goodbye. This podcast is copyright of Avanard, the leading provider of innovative digital and cloud services, business solutions, and design-led experiences.